The following audio is from Norris Ferry Community Church. More information about Norris Ferry Community Church is available at norrisferrychurch.org. In our text today, we read Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. And the writer of Hebrews says this. He says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. We come to the passage where the main idea of this passage is that kind of buried in the middle with all these let us phrases. But the main command of this passage that he calls to us is let us also run with endurance the race that has been set before us. With words like run and like race, I immediately think of more short-term, short-distance runs where you're competing against the guys and girls next to you, you're running as fast as you can, and the one with the shortest time wins. The one who crosses the line first wins. But that's not at all what he's talking about. That's not at all the analogy that he is using in our text today. He, he uses the word run. The word run is defined by one source as exerting oneself to the limit of one's powers in an attempt to go forward and striving to advance. And the word for race could be used to describe any competition, any opposition, any struggle that you're involved in. Uh, this weekend it rained, and it was an awesome Saturday because I did absolutely nothing. All the soccer games were canceled. All the busyness was canceled. So I used it all for the Lord by watching Alaskan Ultimate Survival. And it prepared me for this message because I said, I know that's why I'm spending so much time in front of the TV today. But it was really providing more of an example of what type of race he's referring to. He's talking about endurance races. In this Ultimate Survival these guys are dropped off in the middle of nowhere in Alaska and they are told to get to the destination. And now they are competing against each other, but in true endurance races, the race comes more about finishing the race than it is beating the guy next to you. Many of you, raise your hand if you've run a 5K. Wow. Yeah, I did that once on July 4th. One of those races where everybody and their grandmother shows up at July 4th. Uh, it was awesome. I, I'm still living off of that high from <laughs> uh, 10K. Anybody run a 10K? Okay, a little fewer. Anybody run a marathon? Wow, really? That maybe ran marathon and less ran. I guess you just go, I'm going all the way to marathon. Anybody run a half of a marathon? Anybody run a half Ironman? Anybody run a full Ironman? That's your goal. I hear you. Anybody run an ultra marathon? Oh, my goodness. Come on, Luke. You didn't raise your hand. Luke, I'm about to talk about you. Raise your hand, son. Kyle, you ran an ultra marathon as well? Ultra marathon. No? Yes. 50, 50 miles, right? Okay, they're saying 50. 
I'm going to go with them since they ran it. 50 <laughs> miles. Do you realize that is running from here to Ruston? That is insane. What, what, what possesses someone to do that? I still don't get it, but I, I, I admire you. I asked Luke Pearson because I knew he ran an ultra to tell me a little bit about that experience, and he wrote me a few paragraphs. I'm going to read one paragraph because I thought it was uh, very fitting for where we're going today in Hebrews 12 because this is what the author is doing. He's using uh, an endurance race to help us understand the Christian life. And here's what Luke wrote. He says, an ultra marathon is an emotional, relational, and spiritual experience. It is obviously a physical challenge. After running for five or six hours and knowing that you still have three or four more hours to run, your whole body screams for you to stop and you have to dig deep to find reasons to convince yourself to keep going. He says it's an emotional experience because at times you hurt so bad all over you just want to cry. He says it's a relational experience because you're giving as well as receiving encouragement from the other runners along the way. It helps you to realize that you are not the only one fighting this battle. It's also a spiritual experience in that you keep saying, Lord, why did I do this? And if you will get me through this, I promise I will never do it again. (laughs) Such devotion is impressive. So this type of race is what the author wants us to have in mind as we come to this text. He's saying the Christian life is not a sprint. Sometimes we think it's a sprint from trusting Jesus to the baptism. And that's the Christian life. And he's saying, no, that's the starting line. And the Christian life is a marathon. It's an ultra marathon. It's, a, it's an endurance race that you will be in until the Lord takes you home. And if you don't think about it in those terms, you're going to constantly find yourself shocked that you're struggling. You know, some messages are messages of saying, hey, come on, finish well. This message is finish just, just finish, just get through the endurance race that we are in. We've been working through the book of Hebrews, and we're off of chapter 11. I want to review just a little bit. In the, back, in the end of chapter 10, right before chapter 11, this is where he was before he went into this hall of fame of runners, if you will. In 1036, he says, you have need of endurance. So that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. He's saying, listen, this is an endurance race. Don't throw away your confidence because that's the hope that anchors your soul. You're going to have to endure. Don't give up because the prize is at the end of the endurance race. All that God has promised is at the other side of the finish line. And so this life is very much of this life is just endure to the end. I ran three miles this weekend. Thank you very much. Impressive. Anybody run three miles? Raise your hand. Here I am. Yay. Okay. I'm in that crowd. And uh, I was thinking, I'm going to use this to illustrate this great sermon that I'm doing. And I thought about it at 2.7 miles when I started walking. And I said, see, I'm still in the race. I did not quit. I literally was saying to myself, okay. How can I use this? Well, you just got to get to the end. I'm still moving forward. And that's true. In the Christian life, there are many days that you have to just walk. The only failure is to give up and to turn your back 
and to give up on the race. That's where we are today as we look at this text of Hebrews 12, verses 1 through 3. The writer is saying, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Now, what is this race? I reread all of Hebrews this week, preparing and looking at what, how he describes the race. And he uses all types of analogies and all types of explanations. But I would say the simplest way to think about it is the race is trusting and obeying the Lord. Just continuing a life of trusting and obeying the Lord. One of my favorite was love and good deeds that accompany salvation. Love and good deeds that come with salvation. That's the race. That's the Christian life. What is love? Love is dying to self to bless others. The whole life of Christian life is one of dying to self. It's laying down your life to bless others as the Lord leads you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And it requires endurance. You're running down this race. It's hard enough when your body starts to fail. Your knee starts hurting. Your back starts hurting. That, that in itself is a struggle. As you, walk the Christian, as you run the Christian race, you know that you're, you just get tired. It seems like when the race tilts uphill, all of a sudden your body starts breaking down on you. Some of us struggle with emotional struggles. We have a stubborn darkness and discouragement that, that always is, is coming after us and pulling us and holding us back. And struggling against that is it's challenging. It's hard. Sometimes in the middle of the race, there's people on the sidelines throwing rocks and pelting you with rocks. As if the race wasn't hard enough, I don't need people throwing rocks at me and, and hurting me in the middle of the race. Life is full of things that cause us to want to say, I quit. So notice the, the competition in this race. It's not the guy next to you. It's, it's a lot of us just right up in here. It, it, it's just, inter- that's why I'm such a bad runner, because I'm so weak mentally. I just want to quit. Every time I feel pain, I'm like, I quit. That, why would I want to do this? And that's what he's saying in the Christian life. You can't quit. Run the race with endurance that the Lord has set before us. That's the point today. Now, how do you do that? He's going to give us three pointers, three tips as an experienced runner Before you set off, you're sitting at the starting line and you're about to run to Ruston. He says, now let me give you three tips. Keep this in mind. First, draw strength from the community of faith. Look at verse 1. He says, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us run with endurance. This idea of the great cloud of witnesses comes from the group of people he's just talking about in chapter 11. These amazing men and women who finished the race well. They endured to the end. They had every reason to quit. They did not see the, they did not see the fulfillment of the promises in their life. If anybody should have quit, it was these people he's been showing us. He says, Abel, he says, uh, he goes, Enoch, he goes through Moses, he goes through Abraham, he goes through Noah, he goes through all these incredible men and women of faith. And he says, all of them had incredible obstacles, the incredible journeys of faith, each one of them different, but all of them were endurance races. And the key thing he kept pointing out was at the end of their life, they were still in faith. 
They didn't give up. They endured to the end. And so he's saying, just like them, we should do the same. He says, in fact, they are now a great cloud of witnesses. That idea of how are they cloud of witnesses, first of all, their life is a witness to the testimony of their faith, the strength of their faith, the quality of their faith. They endured to the end. But also, their life is a testimony to God's faithfulness. And that's what the scriptures does. It shows you, look, God was faithful. Look at this person's life. God was faithful. Look at this person's life. God was faithful. Over and over and over, God was faithful, and they were proved wise in believing that God was going to be faithful. And so that's what he's saying. He's saying, listen, they, they are testimonies to God's faithfulness. Their faithfulness is testimonies to God's faithfulness. Now listen to what he does with that. Now he takes that, and he says, they're like a stadium full of people cheering you on hollering your name, and you're to draw strength from that. Imagine running, and you just are about to give up, as you see in the Olympics where they're coming the last leg of the incredible marathons they've been running, and they come into the stadium where they're about to die, and it's just, and they just find strength, and they keep going, and they finish the race. All of us have had that experience of, of seeing how the difference the fans make. They call it 12th man. If we're talking about an endurance race, think of it more as the community of runners. As Luke mentioned in there, that there's times where you're running, and think about running in a pack. Instead of running some solo run out on some wilderness trail, out in the woods, all by yourself, he's saying this is an endurance race where you run with a pack of everybody else's who is running. And they're not trying to trip you up. They're not trying to beat you. They're trying to spur you on and bring you along. And, and the, the, the crowd, the, the, the runners are just carrying you along. On that July 4th run, I never will forget, the only run I ever did, I started, they started the race, and I took off, and I was flying. I was like, what is going on, man? I'm like tracking my time, and I'm like, I am flying. It was because everybody there was running at a pace, and I was just caught up in it. Of course, halfway through, I was on the side of the road because I wasn't used to running at that pace. But that's what the, the writer of Hebrews is saying is draw strength from the other runners that are in the race. They're like witnesses. They're, they're testifying, God is faithful. Don't give up. Now, what does that look like? Very practically, that means get connected in a church, in a body of believers where you can say, hey, I've been struggling this week with depression. Hey, I've been so discouraged this week. Is it just the time change and the rain or what? But the last two weeks have been horrible. Anyone? Anyone testify? Okay, thank you very much. Okay, this side is with me. Y'all are all perfect. I'm glad for y'all. But the last two weeks with the time change and the rain have been miserable. And my group came in, and we're like, hey, how's it going? How's it going? And I was at a test. I was like, okay, I learned a new term this week. Fake for your face? Do I put on the fake for your face? Or do I be honest? And I said, honestly, not been good. I've not been doing good. And then everyone in the room was like, I know, me too. Maybe it's the rain. Maybe it's the time change. I'm like, I don't know, but it's not fun. That's what we're trying to say is, that's what the writer of Hebrews is saying is, listen, can you plug in 
and draw strength from the community of faith. Can you say, I'm struggling, I'm hurting, I need help, I'm hitting that wall? Do you have the, the are you feel like you're running in a pack? Or do you feel like you're on some isolated, lonely trail out in the dark woods running by yourself and where you trip, you hit a root, and you hit the ground, and you're bleeding, and you got no one there to pick you up? That's not how you endure to the end. You see, the enemy wants us to do that. The enemy wants to say, look, you're too busy for that. You can't connect to a group. You're going to have to show up faithfully and be there. You're going to have to actually carve out time for that. You don't have time for that. Or, or he's going to say, you know, you don't need that. They just slow you down. And they may. That's right. They may slow you down because it's not a sprint. It's an endurance race. And you're going to need people to keep you going. So there's things in our life that cause us to want to say, I don't need to be connected to a body. I don't need a church getting up in my business. I don't want all that. I just, just let me have my personal walk with the Lord, and I'm good. He's saying if you want to endure to the end, you need to draw strength from the community of faith. This is a long endurance race. Not only do we need to draw strength from the community, but the second point he gives us as we're at the starting line is you need to ditch any and all encumbrances. You need to take an inventory. You're about to run. Check things out. Do you have things wrapped around you? Are you carrying weight that you're going to have that's going to slow you down? Because if you want to run, you've got to ditch all that, ditch all encumbrances. In 12.1, he says again, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Who would take off on a long, who would take off on a race from here to Ruston with loose uh, strings or garments wrapped around your legs, just waiting to just tangle you up and trip you? Nobody. You cut it off. You realize the danger that that is, and you deal with it. He's saying that's what sin does for us on the endurance race. If you think that sin is not affecting you, wrong. It's tangling you up. It will trip you up. You will not endure if you don't take sin seriously. Deal with it. And all of us expect that one, right? We're like, yeah, well, that's obvious. You've got to deal with sin. But he says but also deal with those encumbrances. That takes on the idea of, of weight. It's like putting a pack on you, like these guys on the Alaskan survival. I mean, they're carrying these massive packs. You don't do that unless someone's putting you on TV to pay you to do that. You don't run a marathon or an ultra marathon and say, hey, let's see how much weight I can carry. In fact, you do the opposite. And all of a sudden, when you know you're going to run 50 miles, I, I, I'm going to run to Russell next week. Okay, so what do I need to do? Well, I got one thing. Don't go eat quesadillas at Superior with me. That's not going to help you run the race. Start shedding some pounds. Start thinking about your lifestyle because you're not going to be able to, to live the same lifestyle I'm living. If you are in a long marathon race next weekend, I'm going to be doing things that normally you wouldn't see a problem with them. 
Knowing you're in an endurance race affects how you view everything in life. Things that aren't necessarily sin all of a sudden are things that you say, I can't participate in that because that doesn't help me run. That hinders me. That's a weight. And that's where he's saying in this text, he's saying, listen, and, and John Piper has a tremendous, tremendously power, powerful uh, sermon jam on this where he says the lowest question we can ask, the least question we can ask is, is it sin? He says, but here the, the writer of Hebrews is saying, don't ask, is it sin? Ask, does it help me run? Is this going to help me in the endurance race that I'm in? The negative is, is it sin? The positive is, can this promote the goal of faith in my life? And that's a whole different question. So where, where are you in that? I mean, are you even, first of all, dealing with the, the sin in your life and seeing the detrimental effects it has on your life? Do you, do you name it as sin, call it what it is, and deal with it biblically, repent of it, thank God that the blood of Christ will cover you of that sin, but deal with it, turn from it, get help, admit it, say to runners in, in your life, dude, this is tangling me up, help untangle me, help cut this out of my life. Are you doing that or are you just turning a blind eye to it? Because I promise you, it's going to trip you up. And what about those things that are, that are not really, they're not sin, but they're in your life. I'll pick on myself. As I prayed about this this week, it was, it was the, the boat and the lake and the family time. Why do I go there? Because I love it. It's awesome. It's one of my favorite parts of my life is time with my family and their friends at the lake in the summers. It gets me through the winter sometimes. Now, is that sin? No, what a blessing. Thank God for that. Now, when is it a problem? Is when the Lord calls me to do something and I'm unwilling to let go of that. Now, I'm trying to run to rest and pull in that boat behind me. That ain't going to happen. Is this blessing helping you run? Or has it become an entanglement? that's a burden. Maybe it's something gray in between that's a blessing and a sin. Maybe it's pain, hurt. You got a backpack and you're stuffing some pain and resentment in there. You're like, I might make it to Bozier with this, but that's going to weigh you down. Over time, a small weight's going to get heavier and heavy as you try this long-distance run. Resentment, anger, things of this world, small trinkets of this world, over a long distance, they're going to weigh you down. The author is saying, hey, do an inventory. Realize you're in an endurance race and ditch anything that's not helping you run, especially sin that so easily tangles us up. So he says, draw strength from the community of other runners along the way. He says, ditch any and all encumbrances. And finally, he says, determine to focus on Jesus. Look at verses 2 and 3. He says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, 
who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Every runner hits that wall, if you will, that proverbial wall where they just think, I am not going to make it. It doesn't matter how far you run. It's relative to your own strength. Whether you run in the mile for the first time, the three miles or an ultra marathon, somewhere your body is going to be stretched to the limit where it's crying, it's screaming, quit. And your soul wants to quit. Your body wants to quit. Everything in you wants to quit. The writer of Hebrews is saying the only way to keep on keeping on in this endurance race of faith is to determine to focus squarely on Jesus. He says Jesus is the author and the perfecter of faith. He describes Jesus' journey as he journeys into this humble world, taking on flesh, the, the, the same stress and strains of this life that we experience. The writer of Hebrews has been saying, he's not a priest who can't sympathize with our weaknesses. He's been tempted in every way that you've been tempted. He's felt physical pain in ways that you've never imagined feeling physical pain. He's experienced emotional stress, so much so the writer describes him in the garden, bleeding sweat bloods. He's just bleeding out like sweat. He can't, he can't Face the challenges before him without it just creating enormous stress on his body. Everything in his body, in his mind, in his soul, in his spirit, as he looked ahead at the cross, knowing what's coming, was screaming, No, don't make me do it. But he did it. How? How did he do it? How did he endure the cross? How did he not quit when everything was screaming, quit, just quit? He did it by faith. Faith that God would keep his promises. And that's what it means when he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. Was it happiness and joy? Oh, I'm so happy. No. Joy is the steadfast assurance that God is faithfully going to keep his promises. He knew that the only way to bring you to himself was through the agony of the cross. The only way to reconcile you to himself to have his children, to have his brothers and sisters brought to himself was through the pain. That's love. The only way to to have this world recreated and have eternity with his followers, with his family on a new heavens and a new earth, reigning and ruling with them was through the cross. That was the joy that was set before him. By faith, he knew all the promises that God held out there were going to be accomplished through the suffering. And that's how we're going to do it too. By faith, keeping our eyes on the promises. That is the confidence we have. That is the anchor of our soul that will sustain us through 
the suffering, through the pain, through the difficulties, the whole endurance race. That's the joy set before us so that we can endure through it all. In a good race, there's a a pace setter who knows your pace. And you say, look, dude, you just... I'm just going to stay on your shoulder. I can't think about anything except for that. And the pace setter sets the pace. Jesus is the pace setter of all of us. He knows our pace. You just get on his shoulder and you just say, all I know is I'm not stopping. Just let me know when we're done. Keep your eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. He's the source of our faith. He's the example of our faith. He's lived it. He's felt it. He's experienced it. He accomplished it. He obeyed everything that God called him to do because he had perfect faith. But not only practically is our example, but he's also the source of our faith spiritually. By faith, when he died on the cross, he paid for sin, and those who trust in his blood sacrifice are reconciled to him, are made right with him, and they are launched on this journey of continuing this life of faith. And he guarantees, I will bring this to completion. Everything I've started with your life, I will finish it. He will finish your faith. He will finish what he has started in your life. And we saw earlier in Hebrews that he is eternal. He's the the eternal priesthood, that he's exalted at the right hand of the Father. What does that mean? That means he lives forever to intercede on your behalf. He is there pleading for you. He is there giving you strength. When you need help, pray to God. God, help me. God, give me faith to believe what the scripture says. Get in your community. And you it, that, that middle verb uh, in verse 3, consider, it literally, the, the fact that it's a middle verb means this. Consider among yourselves. It puts the emphasis on you. You consider among yourselves Jesus. That implies community. That means you come together and you say, guys, I'm about to give up. I can't do this. I'm struggling. I'm hurting. I don't want to do this anymore. And they say, yes, you can. Think about Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's think about Jesus. Let's read about Jesus. Let's pray to Jesus. Jesus, give them faith. And he gives you faith. Not as much as you might like. You want enough faith to say, all right, I'm never going to struggle again. But it's not how it works. It's faith for today. Then tomorrow he gives another faith for that day. And then you look back and you go, man, I've run. I'm to Minden. I'm going to make it to Ruston. But I've got to keep these people with me because they keep me on track. So I ask you, where are you today? First of all, you understand it's an endurance race, not a sprint. And if you do realize it's an endurance race, are you out on a trail in the woods by yourself, hurting and stumbling and bumbling all alone? Or have you embraced the community of faith and said, I need your help, and you offering them your help, and together are your eyes fixed squarely on Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith? Let's pray together. Father God in heaven, we 
we pray that nobody here lets pride or time or the enemy allow them to try to do this thing by themselves. Lord, we thank you for the word that reveals truth to us, that we are in a long endurance race of faith where we're constantly having things challenge our faith, challenge our will to keep on. And may we take to heart the words of the writer of Hebrews. May we draw strength from the community of faith. May we ditch anything and everything that encumbers us. And may we determine to focus on Jesus every day. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Norris Ferry Community Church located in Shreveport, Louisiana. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for these copies or alter the content in any way without permission. For more information about Norris Ferry Community Church, please visit us online at norrisferrychurch.org.